everyone, this is Rite coming to you with another podcast. As always, I'm so humbled and grateful that you've tuned in with me today. And of course, I'm always hoping that you're inspired, encouraged, motivated, and challenged. Um, today, I'm just going to have a just a simple conversation with you all, as always. I haven't um, been on here in a while, and that's intentional um, because I have other things going on. And of course, that's life. And guess what? We all got stuff to take, to take care of. It's business, baby, business. So, um... Today I have I have a few topics that I'm gonna I've been lining up and working on, and this one is more again just conversation, nothing that's um, really um, meant to be organized, I should say. So just something that I will be able to flow in and discuss, and I feel like God has qualified me to talk about. Uh, so let's talk about that. So we're going to talk about this F word. The F word is what? Forgiveness. Okay. So before we jump into this conversation and the scriptures, uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love. Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit. And I also am so humbled and grateful for your word. Lord, it's your word that gives us strength. Your word that gives us strengthens our faith. It's your word, dear God, that gives us light and and the good food for our hearts and our spirits and our souls. God, I just thank you again for this moment Lord. that I pray that the meditation of my heart and the words that flow from my mouth, dear God, will be acceptable in thy sight. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, let's go. So we're going to talk about forgiveness because I have, um, I feel like I can be a subject matter expert in this. You know, when God gives a certain experiences, plural, right, to um, practice, to put into practice the word, uh, you learn that over time, putting it into practice becomes a little bit easier, okay? Now, I'm not saying forgiveness is, because forgiveness is one of those things that it's a challenging action word. It's a verb. It's challenging. And it's something that I feel like it's, God requires from us. Okay. So I'm going to come from a few scriptures. So it's going to be more like a Bible calisthenics today. So just, we're going to do this as, as quickly, but as on point as possible, and then we'll be done. So first scripture that I have here is Matthew 6, 14, 15. We're just going to dive in. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive their, excuse me, forgive your sins. So watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. Okay. First John 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Um, I'll stop with those three or those few scriptures because I also was looking at Joseph, right? We know the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. Most of us may know of him, of the dreamer. Joseph had a dream um, in his youth. He shared it with his family. His brothers didn't like it. Uh, He also had favor with his father. He was the baby boy, right? So his dad has a different type of um, favor with Joseph. Like he, he loved all his sons. 
But Joseph, he's like, God blessed Joseph in his older age. And gave him a coat of many colors. All these wonderful things. Joseph told his brother his dream. They then became jealous. Sold him into slavery. He ends up in Egypt. Um, this is all in Genesis uh, 37 through 50, by the way. So Genesis, excuse me, Joseph gets sold into slavery, ends up in Egypt. Um, he ends up in um, Potiphar's house. Um, did well for Potiphar until one day Potiphar's wife, who wanted Joseph, this is adult conversations, right? She wanted to sleep with Joseph. She wanted Joseph. Joseph refused her, right? Joseph, um, once he refuses her, she lies on him. He ends up in prison. While in prison, God is still with Joseph. Okay, he's accused. He's been sold, so he's he's been through some things already. Um, and then he meets these two. Well, the Bible meet, mentions two men that he meets. So Joseph is a dreamer, and he meets two more dreamers. See how God's got he connects these things, right? A cupbearer and a baker. We don't know their names. They're mentioned by their occupation. Cupbearer and the baker. They had. They both had dreams of their fate, their life, their future. One ends up dead. The other one ends up living and serving in the um, under Pharaoh. They could not figure out the dream. One day when they woke up, had a dream. They shared the dream. And Joseph said, the interpretations come from God. Again, Joseph always remembered God, always had that connection with God. Joseph interprets their dream on target and the men saw that, okay, this is accurate. It satisfied, um, well, one, satisfied what it, you know, the dream, it satisfied their hearts. Like, okay, he's telling the truth. He knows what he's talking about. And three days later, of course, one ends up back in the palace and one ends up dead. So two years go by, the cupbearer, he says, Joseph, don't forget me. The cupbearer forgot. <laughs> the Joseph, the cupbearer forgot about Joseph. So Joseph um, is still serving or still in this um, prison. And then Pharaoh himself has a dream. Uh, a a dream that disturbs him. It disturbed his spirit. It disturbed his heart. So he calls the magi- his magicians and wise men and asks them to interpret the dream. They could not interpret the dream. But the cupbearer remembered, wait, I know somebody. I remember um, captain of the guard. He's a servant of the captain of the guard. And he interpreted my dream and it was accurate. God is connecting Joseph with dreamers. Here we go. So Pharaoh... Pulls Joseph out of prison. Um, he he tells Joseph his dreams, and um, God was not only telling Pharaoh about the famine, but there was um, so there's a famine coming, and there was plenty. So seven years of like bountiful uh, crops and harvest, food, and then seven years of famine. So Joseph was put into place of trust again. So every level, every place he went, it seems like God always put that, God had that mantle on Joseph. He had that calling. It was just who he is and who he was, right? So then they put Joseph over 
um, uh, a lot of the things over Egypt, he was second to Pharaoh. That's how amazing God worked that out for him. But there was a purpose in Joseph's journey. There was a purpose in him um, coming into um, the palace and coming into this different type of kingdom in a different land from where he comes from. Okay. Joseph um, not only serves the king and he interprets the dream and he saves a nation, he saves a region, he saves his own people. It's uh, he had to deal with his own personal stuff. Okay. So he, he learns culture. He is adapting to culture. How do I know? He has a wife and he has, he has two boys, two children by his wife. Who's who's an Egyptian. Um, and once the famine hit, it's the famine mm -hmm, that drew his own family to Egypt because people heard from far off that there's food in Egypt. His brothers decided one day to, um, some years, years later, we're going to go to Egypt. We're going to go get some food. We'll take some money with us, um, and, and bring it back so their families can eat um, because the famine was getting really, really hard on a lot of people, a lot of families and the surrounding areas. So they end up in Egypt. Joseph, um, being present while they're giving away grain, recognizes his brothers and he then accuses them of being spies. There's a process Joseph had to go through with his brothers. So up until that point, he thinks they're spies or he calls them spies. They did not recognize him because it's all these years later. Joseph was younger. He's a man now. He's a man. Okay. He's probably got the, all this Egyptian attire on. He's part of the culture. And the other factors are he's using an interpreter to speak to people. Okay. Even though he understood their language, He's using the interpreter. So he's also learned a different language. He's learned all these great things in this new country for him to function and to flow. Okay. So anyway, let's skip to uh, chapter 50, 15 through 20. When Joseph's brother saw that their father was dead, this is after all this wonderful events happened. Joseph brings his family into the, the uh, Egypt um, Pharaoh says, give them the best part of the land that they may live on. So Jesus, it, while in the famine, Egypt, Egypt was still prospering. Egypt was still um, preserved, right? Because of, I feel like God put that over Joseph's life to help preserve even Egypt. Okay. A foreign land to him. Um, it was a foreign land to him. It had become his home. Um, but anyway. So after all of those wonderful things happened, Joseph's father could now rest and die because he's seen his son, seen his family together. God's keeping his promise, right? So anyway, sorry, uh, chapter 50, verse 15 through 20. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph saying, your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say, Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers. The sins and the wrongs they committed is treating you, uh, excuse me, they committed in treating you so badly. Now, please forgive the sins of the servants of God and your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. 
His brothers came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. Okay. But the Bible says, verse 19, Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. I am in the, am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended for good to accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many lives. Okay. So I am wanting to talk about this word forgiveness and there's always a purpose in why God allows things to happen. So I, I, I want to release some people and I hope this will make complete sense how I wrote these notes, how I put all this down and I prayed, I really prayed, um, about this, um, sharing it because I also put a post on my, I'll share this too. I put a post on my personal Facebook page a year ago or so. And I was talking about, I just, you know, shared my thoughts about forgiveness, what the Bible says about it. I actually had pretty, a pretty good response, right? But there's this one particular person that of course they thought it was a joke. Like, ha ha, right. Say, yeah, yeah, right. You know, I know there's forgiveness is a process and there's levels to this because depending on what happens to you against you or what you've done, um, it really does affect us. There is, um, impact on either side right? So I pulled Joseph's story because not only was he sold by his own brothers, the people, he, the brothers he grew up with, he trusted these men. He trusted his brothers. He looked up to them. These his big brothers, but they sold him. Then they come back and lie to their father. So then they're breaking trust all over the place. So I'm saying these, I'm trying to paint the picture here. They're break. They broke trust with their brother. They're breaking trust with their father. Um, and how do I know? Because when they came to Egypt, Joseph asked them to bring back Benjamin. His fa- their father was like, no, and I'm not, I'm not going to lose another son. Right? I'm not going to lose another son. Um, so there's so many facets and factors to this, but uh, let me stick to it. So Joseph says to his brothers, what an amazing response. I feel like an awesome response. He says, do not be afraid. Am I in the, pl- am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended for good to accomplish what is now being done. Look, let me go back to other scriptures of Matthew. Joseph put this thing into practice before these words were even written. These are in the New Testament. Joseph, of course, his life happens in what we call the Old Testament. So it says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Luke 17, 3 and 4. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. If they repent, forgive them. If they sin against you seven times in a day, seven times come back to you and saying, I repent, you must forgive them. Let's go. So forgiveness works all the way around. Okay. We first ask God for forgiveness, right? If God says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive us of all our, excuse me, of all our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Look how amazing God is, how, how amazing his grace and his love is. I can talk about this. Oh, honey, I got, I got, can I say it? Years in this years, 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 years. So 
and I may share a little bit more at the end of my own testimony of, of examples that God wants me or may want me to share. So, so anyway, we confess our sins to God is personal, right? This thing is personal. I discussed this with my other podcasts and called because some people think it's about perfection, but when you are growing and learning and, and, and accepting, like you, you acknowledge yourself, you acknowledge, you like, I accept, you know, the things that I've done, right? You own your stuff. Can I say it that way? You own your stuff and you're sharing it with God. You're telling God, look, Lord, I confess my sins. Lord, I'm, I repent. He says, God is faithful and just to forgive us. And then it goes into a personal, like then our, our people to people relationship, right? So the Bible shares, it seems like for others. So Matthew to me is more of other people so these people may not be related to you they may not be connected to you they may not even know you but it's possible for people to sin against you when that happens even if they don't have a connection to you it's possible but sometimes God will show you these things and even if you see it guess what I promise it becomes easier forgive right? There's no explanation. Sometimes there's not even conversations that are had and not even necessary. Some sometimes, um, to be able to release it, because if you understand who you are in Christ, if you understand your purpose on this earth, the one thing you know, you need to do is not get, let that stuff get caught up in you. Right. Um, I call it gunk or heavy weight. Um, you can have all kinds of stuff going on on the outside, right? But it truly is the peace that God gives on the inside. And part of that peace is not holding those things on, um, uh, holding people hostage, um, when it comes to certain things they've done. Now we're going back to the relationship part. So Luke 17, three and four says, if your brother or sister sins against you. So those words indicate to me, um, that they're closer in proximity, maybe actual family members, friends, you know, people you really do know. But the Bible says in this one, I, it's, I love the variation. He says, rebuke them. So you can check people. You can, um, address it if you feel it's necessary. So there's a lot of times, um, I've learned uh, it's, it's, it's like, as you continue to grow and learn, you just learn what not to talk to, what not to address, what not to touch because you're like, you see, it's almost like God can show you more than enough of what's going on. Okay. More than enough. And you, and you have to trust the, the insight that God gives. Okay. And the Bible continues to say, even if they sin against you seven times in a day. So I've been in a situation myself where, well, let's stick to Joseph. And then I'll go back to my own testimony. So 5015, let me think, let me tell you about forgiveness. Not only does God forgive us when we ask and we sincerely repent, right? But there's come, there comes a point in time where you have to forgive yourself. May I release some people? Because I noticed that when people don't release their themselves from maybe what they've done or said, they will continue to make attacks. They'll continue to hold on to certain things. I'm going to prove it. I'm going to prove it to you. Let's look at Joseph's brothers. I'm going to use Joseph's life and I'm on right now, but look at Joseph's brothers. 
they held on to something they did to their brother all these years. And it's repeated um, in the story where Reuben says, and his brother says, we're getting paid back. When Joseph um, challenged them, and I guess to me, making sure they probably weren't lying, um, he called them spies, and he says, well, prove it, go get your brother. And he says, now we're being punished for what we did to our brother. So they held the guilt of what they did. They held this, they held this thing um, in their lives all these years. And then when it, it really got real, when their dad died, because they were like, oh, we're protected by our dad. At least our dad is our saving grace because he can speak to Joseph and, 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 you know, we will not, and we will not vanish or pass away or die. Or he's going to take a revenge on us. What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrong we did to him? See, that's fear. That is fear. Instead of addressing, if if that's the case for someone, I need to help you. I want to help you with this. If that's the case and it really bothers you that bad, pray about it first. And if God moves you to go, if it's, if it's time or space to talk to that person, go talk to that person. If not, if, if, if it's not an opportunity there, forgive yourself. Free yourself. If God is forgiving you, okay? And you are like, okay, I'm going to make these necessary changes to change it. Whatever you've done, learn from it, change it. And then guess what? If you feel comfortable or led to teach somebody else, right? We're supposed to learn from our mistakes, learn from what we've done. That's how this thing works. That's how we grow. Okay. Joseph's response was, don't be afraid. Am I God? He said, you intended, so it's like God, Joseph, everybody's clear about what's happening. You intended to harm me, right? But God intended it for my good to, excuse me, the Bible says God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Joseph wasn't even concerned Think about Joseph's life. He went from, um, um, I feel like the, from prison to being accused or excuse me, from being sold to being accused and lied on to, there's so many things I felt like Joseph, he could have been bitter. Like with everything that Joseph had gone through, if we think about real life and you put yourself in his shoes, he could have been bitter, but I'm like, if he was bitter, God would have never put him in that place. You see what I'm saying? If, if, if a, if a person's holding on like that, I don't believe if it's God ordained, uh, something that God is doing, what God is, in, is intending, he wouldn't have put Joseph in that place. Does that make sense? So Joseph says you intended, but look what God is doing. Not only am I able to help my family, God allowed Joseph to preserve an entire nation. Joseph saw the big picture a long time ago. But his brothers had to also release that. So he forgave his brothers. Every time he wept, I felt like that was something he was like, man. 
he had to deal with it. You have to deal with these things. If that's the case, because there's some things that you learn. Like I said, you learn. It's almost like you gauge it. You learn on what to address and what not to address. There's some things you you just let it roll. It doesn't even bother you like that. But I'm concerned when I see people who've done stuff and said stuff, right? If you truly have asked God to forgive you, right? Who are you not to, to forgive yourself? Because one thing I'm afraid of when I, because I've seen this happen, where if a person doesn't forgive themselves, guess what ends up happening? It becomes like this um, snowball effect. You know, the Bible, let's go to Ephesians 4, 13, or excuse me, Ephesians 4, verse 31, 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. I've noticed this in my time of ministry. Okay. People, if they don't forgive themselves, they will end up repeating the same stuff. And this is not what life is supposed to be about. Okay, you'll end up repeating the same stuff and attacking or doing something to yourself or to someone else because of self-unforgiveness. Okay. Um, it, it's like that's why the Bible says get rid of it, bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander. Because we gotta forgive, forgive other people and forgive yourself. Think about it. Think about it. People who are clear about who they are. You can't really, um, one thing that, and I'll share this, this is my heart. One thing that bothers me the most is I'm like, I'm like, move on because I'll give you this example for, for me now. So I was 19 years old, my first year of ministry. Oh man. Oh, it was like training ground for real. Okay. Training ground for real. 19 years old, my first year of ministry. There was this one particular person, Jesus, that always came for me. Y'all know what that means? Everybody else is like, I had wonderful people around me. I'm the youngest in this group, um, besides one other person, pretty much the youngest person in this group, the ministry um, team. And there's one particular person that would come to me with stuff. Oh gosh. I was like, okay. At that time, I'm younger. Okay. These are grown. These are like full grown adults. And of course, there's a few people that already have my back, my parents, and then a few, like I said, mentors, other ministers, my pastor and his wife, right? Um, but goodness, mm-mm. you talking about lies. Wait a minute. <laughs> Woo, Lord, you talking about lies and people saying stuff and doing stuff. And, and then it's repeated. But when it came back to me, because I'm young, I'm still working, I'm praying, I'm doing things. I'm like, I'm in school. I'm doing a lot. I was doing a lot. I was doing a lot. It was a lot. I was like, okay, Lord, I got excited about my life. So I was like, I was really excited. So when I'm on, when I'm fully on, I'm fully on, okay? Uh, and I've learned to take breaks in between because it's a marathon, not a sprint. I love that quote. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So, um, you get older, you learn that. (laughs) But anyway, during that time, this one particular person had the holy boldness to come to me. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know if it's called holy boldness, but she had the boldness to come to me and said, right, Tay, someone said that, uh, um, and I'm not going to tell you their name, but they said that you was flirting with these little boys over here. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Wait a minute. What, what Jesus, what'd you say? What'd you say? Who? Again, unaware. 
unaware of what's going on because you're focused. You're focused on what God, I, I literally served with my heart, right? I served with my whole heart because I do believe that God has called me. He called me then, I believed it then, and I believe it now. Nothing's changed, right? Just a little bit older, a little bit wiser, hopefully, and nothing's changed, okay? So, at that time, because I'm, it was a smaller church, you know, all those wonderful things are happening. I went to not only my parents, but I went to my pastor and I was like, Oh my God, this is real. I was crying. I said, they're lying on me. And he was like, and I said, they're saying this. And then he's like, right. Is the truth. So Patrick's with level headed goodness. Thank you for level headed people. Praise the Lord. Saints, Right. But those emotions was real and valid. Um, I didn't retaliate. I didn't respond. Even then the Holy spirit was with me. I can tell. Um, but my pastor at the time said, right. Is it true? I said, no. Then he was like, well, because he didn't already been through some stuff. He's being a pastor is not easy. When I see people in church in leadership that I, I call it the hot seat. My grandfather called it the hot seat. And as I grew older, I'm like, that is the hot seat. You know, mm-mm. You go through some stuff, okay? You go through some stuff um, when you're in certain places and seats. I'm good. So going through that process for me or that experience, not only did it teach me to stand, right, and to deliver and to continue to do what God told me to do, it was like it gave me more of a um, a reason to to press, you know, so even with this person that told the lie, shared the lie, and then the one who, who was used from the group to come to be the, what is it called? A telegram? I don't know. Um, <laughs> to be the telegram or the telemarketer, I don't know what to call him, uh, to come and address me about something that never happened. Um, God's grace is amazing, you guys. Even in that moment, I probably, I felt like I was in the trenches because it was one thing after the next, after the next, after the next, but I knew that like God was strengthening my core, right? He will thicken your skin a little bit, if I could say that, but not toughen your heart. There's a difference, right? God will toughen your core, you know, your, your stomach, thicken your skin, but not touch your heart. There's a responsibility that we have because even then I knew I had to really put the word into practice. Then I've prayed. I was focused. I was reading those scriptures because I was like, no, I can't because the word of God says, if I don't forgive them, he won't forgive me. If I don't do this, he won't. I mean, I was, I'm younger believing in the faith. Think about that. It's innocent. It's real. It's true. So I released them still praying with them, still praying for them. Even then you got to know my history with this. There are sometimes it's not the first, second, third, or fourth rodeo, but when God brings you to a situation, he knows you can handle it. And even the people in it, he knows you'll give the responses he wants you to give. He knows that you will do what he's told you to do. Why? Like he, like Joseph to bring about change. You meant it, you intended to harm. You intended, you intended for it to harm. 
The intent was to harm. But the release is this for you today. But God intended. So there's men, there's man intentions, there's God's intentions. Right? God's intentions to me will always override men's intentions, human intentions. Always. Unless we line up our desires with him, it's always going to override. Okay? I have to say that because I don't need, again, the misperception. Because I believe this is also the importance of when you release people. Oh, and then when that person said it, I said, okay, I had to sever the tie. But guess what I did with the Holy Spirit for real? This had to be, I'm telling you, I give credit to God. And this was the Holy Spirit. I wish them well, right? I didn't wish them harm. I wish them well. And I said, you want people to be walking in the purpose of God. If they said they're called, if they said whatever they about to be set to do, you pray that they're successful at it. But guess what? We don't have to be in the same place. We don't have to be a part of the same team. We do not. There, you can actually really live in peace like that. I promise you can. I promise you can. You know, we think about, oh, I think about Jesus. Jesus of all people. Forgiveness was flowing through Jesus. Okay. Cause he already knew it was in his camp. He already knew who was around him. Okay. He knew who he, who was around him and yet, and still he responded the way he did. So people will, I, I've, I've heard this, um, just recently. Interesting enough. It's your heart that got you into that. It's your emotions. No, it's the Holy Spirit that's leading and guiding. Because guess what? Guess what is still happening? God's will is still being done. And people are still going to be healed. And even if they don't want to be delivered, guess what? They're going to be delivered. <laughs> because God sees, he's got it. He's got, that's part of his will. That no one perishes. I know the word. But there's consequences also to our actions and to our words. Right? God gives us chance after chance to get it right with him, with ourselves, with other people. Like I said, if there's an opportunity, if, because after that, there was more of a boundary had to be set for me at 19 years old. I learned about boundaries a long time ago, but I also learned what it's almost like, where do I want to put my energy? You know, when you're fully focused on certain things, your energy is not I'm not going to chase them. I got to stay focused. I got to get this done. I got to get this in. I got to push this out. It's way bigger even in this moment in time. God sometimes will have us ahead of time. (laughs) And I I get that part where Joseph was ahead of time. His brothers didn't understand that. They're like, whoa. Joseph to me was ahead of his time. And then God presented the time to him. So it's almost like. God will set you in a place and then he has to catch other people up. And like Joseph gave them, this is the reason why you intended to harm me, but God meant it. He intended for good to accomplish what is now being done. That is a beautiful thing to me. Now, like I said, going through certain things is not easy, but let me tell you what's necessary because I know how this works. 
And I refuse to allow people, I refuse to allow the enemy. This is more spiritual for me too, but I refuse to allow the negativity. I'm not, it's got to roll, but I have to address it. It has to come from my mouth because God says we are called to, for me, part of my purpose in ministry is healing, restoration, deliverance. I know that since I was a little girl. So anywho, I want you all to be blessed today. I'm hoping that what I've shared today will inspire you, encourage you, and motivate you and challenge you in some type of area in our lives. This is one of those moments where we do have to look at this. I look at, you have to look at your mirror constantly. Examine yourself constantly, right? When we examine ourselves constantly, I promise we'll have little room to look at everybody else's stuff. This is why I can pitch it the way I can because I know what I'm talking about. When I released that person, they felt so guilty. All right, we're so sorry. I'm like, I'm not even worried about it. Like, you don't even be worried about it. Like, at that point, I was like, huh? I was like, I didn't even think it bothered them that much. Because the way they acted, you know, initially, I was like, okay. You let it roll because I had stuff going on. I had stuff to do. I kept my my hands busy, my mind busy. Because I'm like, oh, I got this, this, and this going on. When you got stuff going on, you can't be concerned about it. But it does disturb my spirit when I see people who can't move on. Like, forgive yourself and move on. Do what God told you to do. And take the necessary steps, if necessary, to make the changes that God wants you to make to accomplish what he wants you to accomplish. That's it. So, anywho, I hope you all are well. Again, I hope this um, conversation encouraged your hearts today. And until next time, peace. Peace.